spoken name. I haven't thought about flying for a long time. I haven't dreamed of that moment when I was alone above the clouds for a long time. I haven't dreamed of waking up in a room surrounded in blue and green grass more years than I could dream of memory. I haven't walked back into the past or scratched on the doors of my origins, where it all came from, since I held up that cape for the last time. Return to Kent Town 10th year anniversary edition is a revised version of Ambien's first poetry book. The book can be purchased from Amazon and it contains numerous additional materials. You wake up one morning after not reading a book since your school days and you decide to be a writer. With no good or bad writing to compare against your own, you just know how to write and anyone who tells you otherwise is wrong. Hell, maybe they're jealous of your natural ability to craft the masterpiece. After all, most people need to learn through a combination of books, courses, critical feedback and workshops. Not you, though. It's not their fault. They don't realise your natural talent, but they soon will. How to Write Wrong is the new book by Amanda Steele. The book, which is an interactive story, gives the reader multiple options throughout its story. The book can be purchased from Amazon. Spoken Label. Thank you today for tuning in to Spoken Label. Spoken Label was originally set up at the beginning of 2016 and as of recording has over 200 sessions in our archive. Although the podcast can be heard on Anchor, iTunes, Apple, Spotify, YouTube and literally 10 or 11 other networks, the full archive can be found at Spoken Label, all one word, spokenlabel.bandcamp.com. On the Bandcamp, it is set as pay what you want, so you are entitled, if you wish, you can download it or stream it for nothing. But if you throw me a couple of pennies my way, it is always eternally grateful to help me maintain the operating costs and future running plots for the podcast. Enjoy. Spoken Label. Hi guys, Andy M. Spoken Label. Back in the house again. And I'm on Zoom again today. Now, I like the result of the Spoken Label. Catching up with old friends. And the lady we got on Zoom today. We were just to have worked this out with the Spoken in October 2018. And she just gave me a right merry list. I knew some of the stuff we were going to talk about today already, but she surprised me. So, Mel, do you want to introduce yourself to everybody? Tell them who you are. Give them, obviously, give them a quick overview of who you are as a person. And then we'll jump into what you've been up to in the last chapter nearly two years ago. Thank you very much for having me, Andy. My name's Mel Wardenwoodend, and I'm the Staffordshire Poet Laureate 2019-2021. I've been a spoken word artist performing on the sort of West Midlands spoken word scene since 2017. And I've been a published writer for about the last five years. Um, and this is what I do full time for a living as well. Yeah, and also you've just been telling me all before that we've got plenty to talk about today. So, and um, I said in the past 18 months, you like I said, first of all, it's obviously become public laureate, didn't you? In October last yeah. year. Can you tell people a bit about the experience on that? So, obviously, like there, there must have been quite a lengthy application to apply for that, I presume, straight at least. Yes, I mean, I. Um, I first put in a written application um, which involved having to write a new poem for the application um, about Staffordshire because that's the county and also some of my sort of strong poems that I really wanted to apply with as well as why I would like the role and what I could bring to it 
and then the written applicants were shortlisted and I was invited for an interview. Um, it was probably the most nerve-wracking interview I've ever been to in my life because I really wanted the role so much and I'm just delighted that I've got this opportunity to be um, somebody in, in the poetry field who can bring poetry to all sorts of communities and hopefully make it fun and accessible for everybody. Oh yeah, completely. Are you the first Poet Laureate then at Stafford? No, there have been Poet Laureates for Staffordshire um, since 2012, I think. Um, so each of us have a two year tenure. Ah, right. So did they tell you at the time what they expected of you then? Or did you know yourself what you wanted to do? Well, it was a question of really thinking about what I've been doing um, for spoken word already over the past few years and what I'd like to do. So how I could take that further into the community um, and engage more people in different ways, really. Um, yeah, of course. Projects that I've got in mind. Yeah, because obviously you were telling me off before about, and I knew about your night word, Stafford. Obviously, like yeah. I said, we started off in the beach, I read in the back of a pub, like a slam open mic night. And you, yeah. you, were, you were taking that out for you the lockdown, into the, out into the community, local libraries, weren't you? That's Straight right. Away. So tell people a bit about that experience. Um, so that's really different because obviously, if you're having a spoken word night and it's in a pub and people know it's a regular event and they come along to it because they know about it and they're obviously interested in poetry and having a, a night out um, with spoken word. So it was really interesting to get involved with a local initiative called Stafford Walking Street, which is really like a street market with lots of craft stalls and different people um, selling their wares. And we had our own stall at Word Stafford in the shopping centre, so it was undercover and we can make sure the books were kept safe and not getting wet in bad weather. Oh, yeah. And we did um, performances in the middle of this uh, shopping centre in Stafford to anyone walking past, really. Uh, we had set times to perform so we could draw a crowd and people could sit on chairs if they wanted to. But generally, it was more about catching people going past who might stop and look at our stall and we could get them interested in spoken word that way. Oh, brilliant. Yeah, I did something similar of at Berry Market yeah. five, six years ago. And I remember that because we had it in the biggest casino tent and seats of about 30 people. I remember it well because I don't, at least you were indoors, we weren't. And we had fun oh. with mine because the tent got oh, no. away. So we were on stage watching this tent go flying above the building. So that was good fun. But yeah, oh, but yeah, you don't want uh, lightning to be striking the microphone. No, that was a bit worrying that day, definitely. So now, obviously, uh, the project, next project I will talk about is your current level one. You're doing half nine every day, aren't you? Quite a point in the day. That's right. Just scruffy the guinea pig, which is a lovely, a lovely idea. This one. Tell people about what made you want to do this project. Well, when the lockdown happened for COVID-19 um, and the schools closed, I realised that as Staffordshire Poet Laureate, I'd really like to try and do something to make poetry and literacy accessible to children still who'd been missing out on school. So I thought if I was to just do a really short um, one poem or two poems every morning on my Facebook live feed, people with young children could watch it um, or they could share it to friends with, with youngsters and I wanted it to be sort of fun and engaging. So I've got my guinea pig, who's a very long-haired, uh, scruffy character. His, his name is actually Scruffy. And he sits with me, um, squeaking away at the, at the camera while I, <laughs> while I share a, a poem. And at first, we did poems from my children's book called What Am I? An Alphabet of Animal Poems. And they're all poems written in the first person where the animal is describing itself. 
so children can guess what kind of animal it is and um, their grown-ups could type in in the sort of messaging section uh, as I was doing it live and then I could say oh yes so and so's got it right or course, yeah. um, sort of interact with the children that way but we quickly ran out because obviously the lockdown's gone on um, for much longer than I suppose people anticipated so we went through that book and we went through my for slightly older children called I smell fish and chips and worms too and now we're on um, a great big lovely anthology called 100 poems for children which is edited by Roger McGough. Great so do you think yeah how much longer do you reckon you'll take doing this project on Paul and do you reckon we do it until that's just kids go back to school and you're not sure yet? Yes I think so I mean I think probably schools are really not going to be back um, officially and properly fully until sort of September so I'll just yeah, carry on you know, yeah. for as long as it needs I think. Yeah it's a good look of habit to get into every morning anyhow really. I'm always a believer we do a regular project like that it builds momentum up all the time and have you had lots of good feedback on that so far then, have you? Yeah I've had lovely feedback I've had um, people with children who don't really think that they might like poetry and they've listened and they've interacted with it and engaged with it and they've oh. enjoyed it and also a lot of adults have been listening in as well um so something that was just aimed at children has had a wider reach than i thought and and it's been a lovely response oh brilliant no it sounds it's an excellent idea that definitely now obviously um the next thing i want to talk about is your 100 memories project you told me about before because like, the okay. people i guess you mail here like it over the last 18 months we've, we've not spoke you've done so much stuff and it's great this guy you, you just chat all night and definitely so that's my 100 memories project next time Okay, so the 100 Memories Project um, was a charity anthology that I put together in aid of Alzheimer's Society. Um, it, it's a condition that's touched my family quite uh, closely, and I think it touches a lot of people. It affects, affects the people who are ill with the condition, and also the family around them, carers and friends. So I felt like um, it was a charity I really wanted to try and support. And also because writing can be such a therapeutic experience, I felt that if anyone was writing um, about their own experiences of caring for a loved one with Alzheimer's or any sort of form of dementia, that it would be um, therapeutic for them to do so. And it was lovely. I mean, I had, I think, over 300 responses to the call out for submissions and asked for poetry and short stories. Um, so I had to whittle it down to 100 because that was the point. It, it was to be 100 people's or 100 memories in the book. Um, so that was really quite hard to narrow it down. And we had some beautiful artwork done by um, an artist based in the south of the West Midlands, I think, um, based sort of down in Coventry, um, to go with some of the poems. So that was a lovely sort of aspect to the book as well. It was it was illustrated, and. It was also published through a dyslexia friendly format through my imprint Dreamwell Writing because oh, I'm really passionate about books being accessible to everyone. Um, and, and the launch itself, it was amazing. We had over 120 people at Stafford Library coming to the launch event and people said how much solidarity it brought, which was really, as well as raising money for the Alzheimer's Society, I, I wanted that aspect of it to really touch people and make them feel a connection. Brilliant. Now, um, obviously, um, next thing we'll, there's quite a few things we're going to do. I'm just going to go for talk with greatness because um, I need to do a lot of talks and stuff as well since the last time we talked as well. It's the public as well. So tell us a bit about that next and what's been going on with that one. 
Um, sorry, I just I just missed that last bit. Oh, um, I know we you were mentioned before off mic that you're doing a lot of talks at the moment, aren't you? Obviously up to obviously when lockdown happens. What tell the people about what talks you've been doing a lot of in public? Absolutely. Um, so I've been doing a lot of work sort of within the community. Um, one of the um, well, just recently before the lockdown, one of the major events that I went to were the Stafford Borough Community Awards. And I've been invited to write a poem about what community means um, to, to share with them. Because I, like I say, I do a lot of, sort of mental health talks. Um, I do a lot of work with different libraries and different sort of community venues. And so rather than just writing a poem about what I think community means, I wanted it to be I was asking other people's perspectives because community could be all sorts of different things to all sorts of different people. So I, I sort of took snippets of what people had said, um, little sentences people had told me that community meant to them, and then turned it into a poem to share um, at this particular um, award, which I'm happy to share with you um, if you like. Yeah, in the second half, definitely, I'd love to hear that better myself. Now, um, also, I know the big thing you've got coming up at the moment is. Uh, there's a few more projects for you to go as well. You've got a new book on the way, haven't you? Or corrections actually just come out. That's right. Um, I followed the National Poetry Writing Month, uh, which is sometimes called Napo Rhymo, and you see it with a hashtag. I followed that in April of this year. I've never followed um, anything like that before. Oh, but it's I really amazing. wanted. I just kind of thought, well, we're in lockdown. I have actually got a bit more time than usual. Mm. So there was no excuse really for not following something and writing a poem a day for a month. And so the book is largely based on, on those poems prompted by the Napo Rhymo prompt. Oh, wow. Um, but some of them, when I looked on each day, if it was something that I couldn't really or didn't feel inspired by or wanted to engage with, I kind of ignored the instruction and just did a poem. Um, that might have been different to the prompt but was still a poem that I was writing that day so it's a collection of 30 poems written during lockdown and not all lockdown themes at all but they are just a variety really you know of different forms and different kind of moods because I think we've all gone through a lot of different sort of mental and emotional states with this year so far in 2020 um so it's Yes, it's just a small collection, but it's my first personal collection as Staffordshire Poet Laureate. And it's actually a limited edition collection where there are only 50 available altogether. Oh, wow. um, so, yeah, it's just something a bit special. And somebody who I know from the poetry scene has also produced beautiful artwork for the front cover um, of a watercolour illustration as well. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Now, obviously, as well, um, a couple of things we'll talk about before we get into a few poems for us. I know you did a poetry film the other year, didn't you, as well? The Pocket Films. That's right. Um, earlier this year, I was working with Staffordshire Libraries and with a local middle school uh, in Staffordshire to encourage children to access poetry. And the idea was that we watched this really old film footage from the 1960s um, of a carnival pro uh, procession going through Stafford Town Centre and then the children were to use that as inspiration to write a poem about Staffordshire. So I worked, I went to school, their school for several weeks um, doing workshops and the children all produced a poem and it was sort of contrasting Staffordshire in the, um, I'm going to say in quotation marks, olden days of the 1960s compared to now. And it was really lovely to see what the children came up with. Um, and I also wrote a poem for that 
events. And John Watkins, who I run Word Stafford with, he's actually a filmmaker as well as a poet. And he helped me to put together a poetry film of my poem, Echoes. So it was great fun because we went filming on location all around Staffordshire. Um, unfortunately, it was the winter and we had all of those terrible storms. So there was one moment we were up at Stafford Castle with hail actually hitting my ear. Um, <laughs> but it was really good fun to put together. Um, and and it's, it's on YouTube and it's on my Facebook page and the Word Stafford page. And it's a lovely achievement to have got something so permanent with, with visual effects as well. Yeah, yeah, completely. Now, I know you've been doing some work for the Empathy Lab at the moment as well, for Empathy Day as well. That's right. Yeah, don't tell people about that next time as well. Then. Okay. Um, well, the Empathy Day is an initiative to get people to read. Um, it's sort of through the Empathy Lab and libraries connections. So the idea is that you can find empathy through characters in a book or through the different narratives that you might read that are from other people's perspectives, or that you might read something and then really connect with it and realise that you're not alone with something that you're going through. So I wrote a poem all about sort of what empathy um, can be sort of through books and the way that books can sort of magically sort of transport you. And the Empathy Lab sort of picked up on it and, and they, they want me to sort of work with them and, and have it on their, their website, which is really lovely. Um, and also I've been doing some work with the Midlands Partnership NHS Foundation Trust as well, which is sort of along similar lines, really. It's, it's, a, it's a little bit about empathy, but it's also about how to be an ally. So I've worked with them during Pride Month and written a poem all about sort of what it means to be an ally and how people can, um, you know, sort of support equality and inclusion. Brilliant. Then I'm a guest there. You're, you're very, very busy at the moment, aren't you? So is there anything yeah. projects you've got coming up then after, after lockdown mentioned lifts you, you want to talk about? Yes, actually, there's um, probably my biggest charity project this year is going to be an anthology for the cat's protection. And that's at the moment, I'm sort of in the process of selecting poems, the deadlines passed for submissions and people are being notified about whether the poem has been successful. And the idea is that it's to raise money for the Stafford and Stone branch of Cats Protection. And we're going to have, depending on um, when it's safe, obviously with social distancing, but hopefully a face-to-face -face launch. Oh, and the idea will be that it's going to be end of October to um, coincide with Black Cat Awareness Week. Because I think there's still a lot of prejudice um, and superstition surrounding black cats and cats in particular as, as, a, as an animal. Um, and the Cats Protection do brilliant work with, with how they rescue and rehome animals. So it was a charity. I have a cat. I'm a, I'm a crazy cat lady. And it was just a charity that I really wanted to support. Brilliant. Now, obviously, that's all my questions anyway today. But if people want to find out more about you, Mel, where are they best going? So they can go to my website, which is melwoodendwriting.com. Or they can find me on Facebook at Mel Wardle Woodend, author and poet. That's quite a mouthful, really. Or if they just type in my name, Mel Wardle Woodend, then they'll see me. I appear with a picture of my guinea pig, so they'll know it's the right person. And um, my actual author page has a picture of my cat on a bookshelf, so they'll also know it's the right page. It's cats and guinea pigs. 
Sounds good to me. Now, anyway, that's all the questions. I know we're going to, you're going to read some poems at us next. So what we'll do is we'll take a quick break, let you get yourself organised, and we'll see you in a minute, guys. Take care. Hey, thank you very much for having me. Pleasure always. Spoke on me. Hi, guys. Straight over to Mel. She's got a couple of poems for us, and I'm looking forward to it. It's always Mel. Go for it, my friend. Thank you very much. Um, this poem is one that I wrote for the Staffordshire Borough Community Awards, and it's called What is Community? A sense of belonging, of never really being alone, when a friendship group becomes home. Shared values or beliefs, a common ground, working for goals you share with those you choose to be around. Communities are richly diverse, just to name a few, neighbourhoods, schools, sports, family, friends, creative, vegan, LGBT, nurseless, nursing, homeless and church. Each community has individual goals towards which people collectively, passionately work and a wider overall community of humans striving to look after our planet Earth. Sharing, caring and being there, it's what communities do. Being accepted as yourself with respect of diversity and difference, I can be me and you can be you. It's all about us, not all about me. A team spirit, team effort, a sense of pride in the difference we can make. When community creates a safe, secure space. People can come together for the benefit of each other, shared responsibility, creating a work and play ethos to promote emotional well-being and inclusivity. Welcoming and embracing the input of all creates a community feel, along with physical actions like litter picking on streets, volunteering to listen to children read at school or cooking the homeless a meal. Community is speaking out for rights, using own expertise to help another or supporting wildlife to flourish in this world by helping an animal shelter or a charity shop if you're an animal lover. Being part of something that is more than the sum of one means you're not alone. We are stronger and more resilient together. Community provides a speck of warmth and brings brightness of light. Even in the depths of dark, the community spirit can be shown. Fantastic. Thanks, Mel. That's a great start, that one. Thank you very much. Okay. Let's try let you get let's catch your breath for a second then. And you know, give us your second piece when you're ready. Okay. This poem is the poem written for the Pocket Film Festival that was turned into a poetry film, and it's called Echoes. Castle on the hill, memories of days gone by, time stands still. Survey the land from high on a crumbling wall, all the town at my feet. Hills of Shropshire to the west, echoes of concerts from the past at Bingley Hall, away to the east. The potter's fire kilns to the north, heat permeates beautiful clay creations they have made, and to the south, streams and trees teem with wildlife, amid coarse bracken in wild shades of green, on Cannock Chase where, as a child, I and my father before me played. Always told to stick to the path for fear of adders and potholes, the latter caused by all the mines nearby, where miners search through darker days for coal. In days gone by, Stafford Town itself laid claim to an industry of shoes. Lotus lined the Sandon Road, and on Common Road at Evo, they manufactured glue, now Bostick, they still do. Stafford Jail remains standing on Jail Road. Heavy walls heave with the weight of wicked crimes that lie within. In past times, crowds gathered and crowed, watching prisoners hang in the gallows, facing truth for their sin. 
The old British reinforced concrete site, once a hive of industry, was reduced to rubble to make way for new houses in place of the old factory. And my nostalgic trip around Stafford would definitely not be complete if I didn't mention the English electric company of old, known simply as EE. You see, my grandpa worked there before I was born. He was an electrical engineer and inventor. He visualised, he imagined, he saw the future, creating electrical measuring systems and he built one of the first TVs. English Electric has gone by many names over the decades, DEC, DE, Alstom in the 90s when my mum worked there too. But to me, I'll always remember it as the old EE. I'm proud to know that my grandpa and other engineers like him must have guessed the future. Looking back now in retrospect, I wonder how any of us could have ever known how far technology would take us after those first TV sets in enormous cabinets with a small screen but a huge bulbous tube showing programmes by the BBC 1 and 2. There was no Channel 4, 5, ITV satellite cable or Freeview. There was no Google to search. Man was just setting foot on the moon. The internet not yet invented and a computer would take up the space of an entire room and not fit in your hand. And Stafford. Stafford fits in my hands and parts rest in my heart. As I look back to the past and see our futures on the faces of family members of days gone by in industry, striving and working hard. Brilliant. Okay, I'll grab that, check out the video for that to see how, it, how, it, how it visually it comes across in the video. That, that's so evocative, that piece was completely. Thank you. Did you. I can see you've put a lot into that piece. Do you think it took that piece you quite a long time to write that one? Yeah, actually it did, um, because I, you know, I was trying to think about Stafford as a whole, trying to think what should I put in and what should I leave out, and because we were given the, the prompt of this old-fashioned sort of footage of a carnival, I couldn't relate to that in any way, because I'd, I'd never been to Stafford Carnival before I was born, but um, some of the floats were sponsored by English Electric, and so that sort of, in my mind, dropped my sort of head to the connection with my grandpa who worked at English Electric. And, and it made me think about all the other industries in Stafford. Um, and then the sort of geography. So I wanted it to start off being at, at, on top of the Castle Hill and looking in the different directions to sort of take in the whole town and, and the north and the south as well. Um, so yeah, I think it was, it was a, a big project and, and lots and lots of work. You can, tell, you, you, can, you can tell that it's a lot of that was straight away. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you. Okay, Thanks. are you ready for number three? Yeah. So this third poem I'm going to share is the poem called Ally, um, which is all about equality and inclusion. She, he, hers, his, surely not they, them, theirs. Some people scratch their heads when introduced and without meaning to, they even stare. But this is 2020. Isn't it about time that you were able to have your own preferred identity and I can have mine? The rainbow of pride flies to relinquish a divide, to repel prejudice, judgment and ignorance, inviting a world of equality for all, gay, bi, queer, trans, straight, LGBT+. An endless list showing we are not all the same. A celebration of uniqueness because we should all celebrate. We are all human, we are all equal, we deserve the right to celebrate being ourselves. Yet it takes more than flying a flag of pride to ensure equality, to prevent people being marginalised. But why? The world would be dull and flat if we were all the same. 
People's lives are precious and prejudice and judgment play a dangerous, toxic game. Every person has the potential to provide support, friendship, to become an ally, to stand up for individual rights or human equality. But any sexual persuasion, any preferred gender identity or none. But what if I get it wrong? Sometimes the worry of not getting the pronoun right, of misunderstanding and causing offence by getting it incorrect, can stop someone from crying, stemming from fear of making a mistake, not from a lack of respect. Don't respond with anger, please tolerate, don't hate. If someone makes a genuine mistake, please simply educate. Everyone deserves to be heard, everyone deserves a voice, everyone deserves to be valued and respected for own personal choice. Everyone deserves to feel protected and safe, equal, a valued member of society, not isolated or blatantly treated differently, but accepted, respected for individual identity choice and treated with equality. Fantastic. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> For again, that's, you. Another, that's another piece you can tell that you put your heart and soul to that one. Because it's such a big project, you feel like by the end of it, when you've done the poem like that, you probably feel like you've yeah, I mean, it's designed to work. That one really is a spoken word piece. It's, I, do, I do have a, a written version that people see, you know, it sort of goes around mm. on Facebook. Um, but it's really designed to be a spoken word piece so people can hear it and really engage with, with, with the rhythm of it, I think. Yeah, yeah, no, completely. Right, we're on to the big conclusion now, aren't we? Okay. Big fans of dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, so the fourth and the last poem I want to share um, is the poem that I've written for Empathy Day because I really do feel passionate about books being um, being a vehicle for escapism and literacy being the gateway to success really as individuals being able to um, manage in, in the real world, in society, being able to read means you can apply for a job, you can go to college, anything like that. Um, so the idea as well of making friends in books and finding people in the same situation or understanding new situations. I think it, it, it's all about the power of books and, and reading and what they can do. So this is empathy. Walk a mile in someone else's shoes, an acceptance shown of another's view, even if reasons are not really understood or known, empathy grows. Eyes half closed, I step into a book where characters make me think twice. To open my eyes and really look, to consider a situation and to question wrong or right. Words impact and capture me, enrapture me, opening my eyes, opening my mind to empathy. I ponder and consider a different perspective for the very first time. Books cast a spell to capture you and capture me. They capture all who open them up to read magic ink-filled pages. Adjectives and verbs, words, a spell passed through the ages. And through the narrative of another, I hear my own voice and find a comrade I have never met yet, their story is mine. Experiences are shared. I am no longer alone. I'm not the only one struggling in this tumultuous world. And I barely dare to breathe as I read. The words flow, my mind is engaged and something transfers into my soul from out of the page. The book takes its warm inky fingers and firmly holds my hand. My mind and my heart expand. Together, the book and I navigate its final chapter. With a sigh, I stroke its spine and place my friend upon its shelf. I turn away with a strong certainty. I have seen into a mirror of the self. My outlook has changed. I found an unanticipated understanding in an unexpected place. 
I've been in someone else's shoes and they have been in mine. Finally, I know I am not alone. I've seen into someone else's soul, heard someone else's story, and now I understand. Empathy flows. Empathy. Brilliant. Thanks for that today, Mel. It's been a great way of finishing off. Let's hope then we don't we get to chat a little quicker in 18 months this next time. Definitely. Yeah. Well, thanks, like, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, it's been a pleasure having it again. Because, like, honest to God, guys, girls, when I get people on like Mel, I know you're, you're always up to projects like I am. You're very, very busy. Yeah. It's like another 18 months. You're probably another, another 25 projects you don't even want to talk about. <laughs> <Who knows>? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> well, hang around. You put it with your mic. Thank you again. It's been a pleasure today. So, take care, guys and girls. Stay safe and stay safe. Spoken, mate.